Hallelujah. And so as we look at this scripture, I want to go back to just cover this. You know, when I think about Brother Hagin prayed this for days and weeks and months, and, and it was part of it, as I, as, I, as I would hear him speak, you know, this is one of the things he would constantly talk about in meetings, how God had used this scripture to help him to, to, to see and know and understand, because God wants us to walk in the see and the know. How I many know God wants us to have a seeing and a knowing? And so he want, and, and, and this scripture helps us understand what we possess in Christ, what we are in Christ. And the thing is, is we've all been in positions where we, we live religiously, meaning that we went to church as a duty, or, or we listened to the word, but, but it wasn't for the word itself. It didn't have uh, the, the emphasis that we needed to make our life better. You know, I mean, you, you know, let me say this. You didn't get to where you are overnight. You, you didn't get the, the, the condition that you're facing. Wasn't something that happened. You just went to bed and woke up the next day and there, there it was. It took years to develop conditions. Now, God doesn't have to take years to correct them. We could have a manifestation of God, and the thing that is so troublesome for us could, could manifestingly, I mean, we could have a miracle happen. You know, we could have one of the gifts of the Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, all those things. Some divine act of God could happen. Amen? Is that right? But I can say this. If you didn't get there in a minute, there's a good chance you're not going to get out in a minute. Unless it's a miracle. Now, we're all believing for miracles. Everybody comes to church with a desire for miracles. Now, God doesn't create the problem. God doesn't cause it. The offender is the devil. I want you to say that the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Let's say that again. The thief, now say the devil, comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. All right, who's your problem coming from? I didn't get enough of that. I didn't get enough amens. I didn't get enough of speaking. Who does the problem come from? Even disruptive people. Because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I mean, you know, God loves everybody. He does. He, he loves everybody. It doesn't matter what the offender or how the offender acted. God loves their family. He loves my family. Amen. He cares about their children. He cares about my children. That's why you and I can't be the judge of this stuff. We can't stand in judgment of it. You know, when people come and there's issues and challenges, I do what Paul did. Paul said, or, or, or uh, Peter said, Lord, reward them according to their works. It's a reward. The soul that sinneth, there's a reward. Does everybody understand that? Our actions are, the, are compensated or agreed with by what, what is the return. Sow and you'll reap. Sow and you'll reap. Somebody say amen. amen. So it's not up to me to make you reap. I'm not the one that is to make you suffer. I'm not the one that's to judge the, the, what your compensation is for your action. Because I'm wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rules. Who am I fighting? The thief, the thief, who's your enemy? The thief. 
And it's important because, you know, as you grew up in religious circles, and I don't mean any fault by religious circles, the, they thought that the, that the one who was benefiting them or doing the work or the, or the one that was uh, uh, sometimes contributing these things was, was God. And we would go and say, well, God, why are you doing this to me? Or God, why are you allowing this? How many of you have ever said that? Just be real honest. You ever raise your hand and say, God, why are you allowing this? Some of y'all just don't feel like you're ever going to raise your hand, smile, you're not going to talk. Um, no, we've all done it. I, I just think we all have. Even, even faith people have that moment when the devil comes and tries and gets us to say, why did you do this to us? But that's, that can't be true because in the world as it began with Adam on the earth, he had total dominion. There wasn't these things. He didn't live in these, these kinds of dilemmas. He had dominion. And it was his disobedience that he didn't obey God that brought about the problems that exist for us today. In other words, man is the one who relinquished the right of dominion. Man was the one. Not, not, not you. I'm not saying you did it in your family or you did it with your health or you did it with your job or you did it. I'm saying that these things entered because man originally fell into sin. And when he did, he put a barrier between him and God. That's why we thank God for Jesus. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus. That restores that barrier, that restores us to him. That puts us back in a position of dominion. And, and here's the thing, dominion existed because God spoke it into existence. It was man's words and man's actions that conflicted with what God said that caused that to occur. In other words, what he said in the garden what he said, what he said, what he did, how he acted. Does anybody see what I'm trying to say? That speech, those actions, defined what was the, what was the outcome. Can you see it? And so he gave authority to the devil. You know, the Bible says that the devil is the god of this world, meaning that he has a custodialship, that he, can, that he controls things here. Unless we use God's word to speak over the top. Does anybody hear what I'm trying to say? To put, that's why the church has to be gone for the Antichrist to come. Because as long as the church is here, and the church can speak and act in line with the word of God, the devil can't do what he wants to do. If you think the devil doesn't have plans right now to dominate the earth and take over, he does. But there's Steve McCart standing in Florence, South Carolina, who's speaking the ultimate word of God. And when I speak the word, I define the condition. You can't come past the bloodline. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. He can't come past the bloodline. You ought to say that right now. He can't come past the bloodline. So yes, it was sold out here. And the thief, the devil, is the one who comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. Say amen. And when I act in line with the Word of God, I'm going to get what the Word of God says. I'm going to get what the Word of God says. My sister, when we were younger, she wanted to get a bike. It was her birthday, I think, and it was she wanted a bike. And so she had gone into the room and written down the things that she wanted on this bike. And there was a great 
a pastor that wrote a book called The Fourth Dimension. Anyway, this pastor had said that we needed to have um, a defined word. In other words, that he had a situation where he wanted a bike. And my parents were not in a condition to go buy this bike. But my sister got in faith and began to speak out the bike. She wanted a blue three-speed or whatever, a shifting gear bicycle. She wanted the, she defined this thing out. And my parents just stood on the sidelines like, we can't go buy that bike for you right now. It's just one of those moments in our life. There was a knock at the door, a man we'd never met before, somebody we didn't know, knocked on the door and said, I have a bike for your family. Brought the bike out, and it was a blue My sister had spoken to existence what could not otherwise be spoken. Because he, she, she may have not have understood at the time about the dominion. But her dominion was that she had a word inside of her. God had put victory inside of her. Meaning a dream gives us the desires of our heart. And she began to confess those desires. And as she did, it began to transform the world around her. Because the world has to interact with the Word of God. Do you understand the world interacts? The world doesn't have to change us. We have to change the world. Somebody ought to shout out amen. It doesn't matter what the condition, what the situation, what you're facing. And, and, and listen, you have, you have a right to speak peace. You have a right to speak joy. You have a right to speak health. You have a right to speak healing. You have a right to speak deliverance. You have a right to, you don't have to be depressed. Listen, I don't go under depression. I stay above that stuff. You know, we have people that, you know, there are times when, when people will operate in, and try to operate in the Spirit in our church. And I just, just maybe this will just help you. And maybe they'll speak a tongue or something like that. And as a, as a pastor, you have the, an ability to define that stuff, to see and hear. And I mean, you're kind of the one that's operating as the conductor, so to speak. And that's the, I don't think God's offended by that. We want everything that's the Holy Spirit to be exactly as the Holy Spirit would want it. I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit ever. Amen. But you know, if, if, if in the middle of something, it's, a, it's sometimes not exactly in the flow. You know, you can just see it didn't fit. And as a pastor, you see that. You know, we're singing a song, somebody starts talking or whatever. And, and, and it, in the early days when I was an early pastor, I'd just shut them up. Shut up! Listen, I've come a long, long way. People that are mad at me now, they have no idea what it was like back then. I've, I, I've really become a good pastor now. You're lucky. You're fortunate. <laughs> but you know what I've learned? You don't have to do that. What I do now is I just come over the top of it. If it's not right, if it's not right, I'll, I'll wait a minute. Because the Bible says they will interpret, and if I don't have it, if I don't feel led to interpret, then... They should. They should have in the first place been prepared for that. That's what the Word says. And I'm not going to tell them they're immature and young and you should learn better. You need to go in a prayer room where you can practice. That's not what we're supposed to do. And so when it didn't operate right, we just, I'll just say, hey, everybody, let's let's just join with them in worshiping God. Let's just join with them and pray in the Spirit for a minute. And we'll begin to sing a song or whatever. We go over the top of it. Does that make sense to anybody what I just said? We can go over the top. That's no offense to anybody. That could be anybody. 
We just go over the top of it. You know, you ought to do that with your life. As you come to conditions that don't fit your desire, you have to go over the top of it. You can't come under and be at the bottom of it. When things are wrong. Listen, no one on earth, you included, is exempt. The Bible says that the many are the attacks of the righteous. I think the closer you get to God, the more you're about to do. See, for me, when I look at Sumter, or I look at the events that go around me, you know, I don't go home sad. Now, there are things I'd like better. You know, I wouldn't want my children to be suffering. I just don't want that. I want them protected all the time. I've always tried to protect my wife. And sometimes you come against circumstances where that just, you know, I didn't think that would occur, but I've, you know, I found out that's not always true. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and all that. But I've come to realize the more the devil attacks me, the more I'm doing right. Or the more is in store. Well, if he could wreck this and tear down this and ruin this and frustrate this and get me depressed, get me discouraged, get me downtrodden. Oh, I'm not saying you can't emotionally go through those things. We have a mind, but we don't live in our mind. The Bible says we believe in our heart. Okay, I'm speaking good now. We believe in our heart and we confess Okay, I'm going to say it again. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try and help y'all. Because if you just hook up with the negative, and you talk about the problems, and you cry in your soup all day, if you can't sleep at night because blah, 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 and you think all night long, and you haven't begun to speak God's Word, then you have not begun to transform your condition. And if you leave your condition alone, it will continue to do what it was meant to do because the thief came to what? Oh, but I like the last part of that. Oh, I like the last part. The thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10. If you don't know it, write it down, highlight it, put it in your phone, make sure you know it, don't leave it behind you. Everywhere you go, say, that's the devil. But Jesus came that I could have life, life, and that more abundantly. Somebody say, God wants me to have life. And that more abundantly. Come on, somebody. No matter what the attack of the enemy, no matter what the challenge, no matter how people feel, no matter what the confusion is, God wants me to have life and have life more abundantly. It's just going to get better somewhere down the road. It's going to turn around in my favor down the road. Things are going to look up down the road. It might not look that way today, but I'm not facing today. I'm believing for tomorrow. God is able, somebody say it, God is able to make all grace, not some, all grace. What is grace? The power to overcome. The word blessed in the Bible means empowered to prosper. If we looked it up, this the word means empowered to prosper. God called you blessed empowered to prosper. I didn't say there'd be moments when you would face, wouldn't face challenge. But you can't, you, listen, you can't get a diamond unless it's first gone through some... You, 
you think that the devil wouldn't come to pressure you, but when he does, the end result is, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. All things work together for the good. Oh, I wish somebody get with me. Raise your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Say, I'm free at last. Come on, somebody. My enemy is not God. My challenge is not the Lord. The Bible is clear. And it tells us that He teaches us by His Word and His Spirit. They work together. It's a combination of His Word and His Spirit. He brings us to places. You're here today. And more will come. And when they come, we're going to preach a freeing message to them. But the Word works. When you're sleeping, when you have the Word, and you just, you know, I was going to build a house. And we lived in a, in a smaller house on a road behind a Honda dealership down there. We, we had, it was a nice house, had trees in the yard and all that stuff, but we had no kids. And I bought the house to remodel the house. I did real well in the end. But, but we bought the house, the original one that we moved into, that we liked it. But we were going to have kids, not kid, kids. Well, we couldn't have had kids like we wanted to have them in this house. So I wanted to buy a new property. We began to confess about the property, talk about the property, begin to look for the property. Just because you begin to talk and stuff, there, there is seed. Somebody say seed. There is time and harvest. You ever watch them plant a field? They just planted the strawberry fields out on uh, Palmetto Street. And they just planted those. Those seeds went in. I watched them put the seeds in. You know there were no green stubs coming out, out of the ground? They just put seeds in the ground. But I do know this, that with some time, there will be green stubs coming up out of the ground. And with some more time, those stubs will produce harvest. And I will be there eating strawberries. I don't even wait till I get out of the field. I go right out in the field and start eating. I just start eating. Seed, time, and harvest. I want you to say it again. Seed, time, and harvest. We want seed harvest. I put the seed in the grass, strawberry. There's seed, then there's time, and then there's harvest. Don't get discouraged in the time. Don't get frustrated in the time. The process. So I'm ready to buy a house, ready to do something. So we started looking for land, and there was a good piece of property that we wanted. It was down one road, just one road. It goes to the end, makes a circle, comes back out. There's like five circles or three or four circles in the road. You know, like you can do circles in the road. It's nice, nice, nice neighborhood. So I started looking in there. I put an offer in on a house. There were like nine other offers. They didn't take our offer. Put another offer in on a house. Nobody would take our offer. There was a barn, only a barn. I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy the barn and renovate it. I went down and tried to buy the barn. A, 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 a guy that owns a huge car company bought the barn and then built a house. And so I'm just like, you know, I'm wanting this land, never paying attention to anything. As I'm driving up the road, I look over to the left 
and there's a field of grass knee high, maybe more, maybe waist high. I can't see to the back of it. And I thought, Amy, I'm just going to stop because, you know, you're looking for a sign. If it's for sale, I want to go, you know, see if it's for sale. So I said, I'm just going to walk on the land. I walked out about five or ten feet into the property, and there was a sign on the ground. And it all broken up. And so I picked up the words that said, for sale, call this number. I had never seen, all this time I'd never seen, I don't know if he just put it out or put it out weeks ago or what it was, but it, but it was on the ground. I picked the sign up. I know the guy today. I, I, I never even knew who had sold me the land. I, you know, you sign the thing and you're done, you walk out. I go to a football field and one of the coaches comes over and said, I sold you my land. <laughs> Great. But at the time, he and his wife had some struggles they were going through and he wanted to unload the land. I had called, God had kept it, and at the time that I needed it, see, there was some seed. I'd prayed, believed, and time had passed. And now I could have been depressed. Well, God won't release the house. I don't understand why God won't make this happen. I don't understand why God can't. How come God let me sit in this, or this, this house? I should be moved. That's what we do, right? We want to confess the problem rather than confess the solution. There's a solution. And I just, I picked the sign up, called the guy. They sold it to us relatively cheaply. It was far less than they would have normally sold it. Then I went online and decided to pick out a plan. And so I went on all these online sites. I was going to find something that would have a few bathrooms, something behind it. Because after I got on the land, I found out I bought on a pond. So I bought on water, which is very cool. Cheaply on water. You know what I'm talking about? You take a little money to get on water. I didn't have that kind of money. I just had God. Does anybody hear what I'm trying to say? Greater is he. I want you to say that. Like, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I serve the greater God. He lives in me. I have that inside of me. So, 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 so I pick out this house. You know, the Bible says that the blessings of the Lord will come upon you and overtake you. The blessings of the Lord will come upon you. It's in Deuteronomy. Will come upon you and overtake you. Now, I, at this point, I don't think I'd ever experienced I've seen God come on me, but I never realized the overcome you. Does that make sense? As, I, as you grow in God, you begin to see things. You grow. You manifest things. You change. Life changes for you. And the battles are still there. They're just not the same battles. It's not d- dealing with personal stuff. It begins be- beginning to, with spiritual stuff. Or it moves up the ladder where I'm choosing God. Choosing the right. But this is me growing. And so I picked out this great house. It was like a sun house in Texas. And it had a... Uh, like a, I don't know what you'd call it, but it was a kind of, not a flat roof, but it didn't have much of an arch on the roof. And when we, we got it, I didn't really know what I picked. I only picked kids. Okay, this has got three bedrooms. Good. It actually ends up, it has four because there's a master on the other end, and I wanted to be separated from the kids. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Master kids. <laughs> and I wanted a big tub. I always wanted one of those big tubs. You know, I bought one of those huge tubs, like, like a three-person tub, you know, like a huge tub. You know what I'm talking about? I'm just trying to describe the size of it. I've only been in it once since I bought it. They're really not that effective. It has a, a whirlpool in it. I've only been in it one time, once. My kids spent more time in it swimming. Like when they were younger, they would swim in the bathtub. So, 
but I, di- I, I didn't see it. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith. Say it with me. I walk by, I walk by faith. faith and not. By say it again. I walk by, I walk by faith. and not. Because my sight can tell me a lot of things. I walk by faith, not by sight. So, I picked out this plan, found an architect, or found a, a builder and all that stuff. We did the process. This is to shorten the story. And I just remember, as they were building it, I couldn't conceive what was being built. It turns out, that the house is 6,000 square feet. Only, it's only 3,000 square feet of living space. So I didn't understand what three garages and a huge back porch was. <laughs> no clue. I had no clue. So I built this house, and the guy came to me when we were building. He said, you, you know, you ought to let me just raise the roof and make it more Carolina. I don't know what raise the roof is. I just nodded. So now it has this, it looks like it's got three stories. It only has one, one story. But we had to put fake glass at the top because there, <laughs> he raised the roof. But here's the truth of it. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. And, I, and we built it ourselves, so the cost of it was so minimal. And the value of it's so great in comparison to the cost of building it. The land was given to us for nearly nothing. The house we built, had a t- it was perfect. But I remember walking through the door, and I walked into the house, and it was, it really didn't happen, but let me explain. It felt like a wind came over the top of me. I walked in, and as I pulled the door open, I felt the blessings of God, the empowerment to be rich. But when I stepped in, I understood the overwhelming part, that He will come and come over you. God wants us to live in that life. That all that we do, no, 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 that doesn't mean there won't be challenge. Many are the afflictions, but the Lord will deliver. We get burned out with things because we forget the process of be not weary in well-doing. We get to doing and we get to doing and we get to doing and it gets a little bit, you know, physically tiring. It gets emotionally tiring. Sometimes it feels like a cloud's over the top. Have you ever felt that way? And you just didn't know. You know, when you look at where we are, even with our economy today and the, and the things that are going on and that it's not, you know, because I'm having people starting to come to me and talk to me about they're using more of their credit cards and all these kinds of things. You know, under this environment, it feels like a cloud's over us. And that's because the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But the better news. This is why he could say, be not weary in well-doing for... I want you to know something. You haven't done anything for Jesus. You haven't suffered anything for the Lord. And yes, it's emotionally taxing. Yes. Okay, as a pastor, have I ever sat down and thought, I'm ready to go fry burgers? (laughs) I thought, I'm just going to go sell insurance. I know you think, well, this guy lives, he's preaching the word. But if you think that the devil doesn't come and try and help me to stumble... I mean, he's no different to me than he is to you. But I know this. That if I don't let my emotions dominate me, 
If I don't let them take over and say, well, no, you're never going to go through that again, and you're never going to experience that again, you're never going to have that happen to you again, and you're... How many of us have ever been there where that's going through our minds? I'll never let anybody do that to me again. And then we begin to set up barriers around us and blocks and things like this. And now we can't, it's not that they can't get in, it's we can't get out. I'm, I'm a cat backed into a corner. Don't come in my box. Come on. I'm not letting this one in. I'm not going to have this kind of relationship. I'll never let somebody do this to me and you'll never talk to me this way and this might hurt and I'm not going to be hurt anymore. The Bible didn't say you would live without hurt. He said he would deliver you of all your trouble. He said he would redeem you. That he would set you free. And what I'm saying to you today is, don't let somebody put you in a box. Don't begin to say things. And begin to withdraw yourself from God's hand. And what God wants to do with you. And how God wants to use you. And how God wants to expose you. And how God wants to reach others by you. The, the gospel is carried by people who obey in spite of the fact. In spite of the consequence, no man gave up houses and lands and family that God did not restore him in this life and that which is to come <laughs> a hundredfold. Oh, hallelujah. Be not weary in well-doing. Come on, somebody. Church. We keep pressing on. You keep the smile. Keep the joy. Don't get down. Come on up. Keep your face bright. Don't speak the evil. Speak the good. We call those things that be not as though they are. Woo! Somebody shout amen. Man, if you ain't getting anything out of this, you're just wet. Hallelujah. Oh. I want you to say, things are getting better. Things are turning in my favor. The enemy's whooped. And he's under my feet. He can shout, but he can't win. Hallelujah. It takes a little while. I know some of you in Florence aren't saying anything. All of a sudden, it's going to dawn on you how important it is. To speak the word of God. I'm almost done. I got three minutes here. It says that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you would know what the hope of his calling is. In, in commentary it reads this way. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That your mind would be clear. Your eyes and your heart would be open. That your mental vision may be made clear. And flooded with light. Flooded with light. That the eyes of your understanding be lightened. It goes on to say that you may know what the hope of His calling is. That you will receive the inner illumination of the Spirit, which will make you realize how great is His hope to which He has called you to. And you will have His invitation clearly. His vocation to which He called you to. And that the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints means this. The magnificence and splendor of the inheritance promised to you, of His glorious inheritance for the saints. I want you to know, God wants you to know that. It's not to be revealed in the future. He wants you to understand. See, the understanding of the Word becomes the thing. The understanding of the Word becomes the thing. The illumination of the Word becomes the thing. Faith 
comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Faith comes by information that is revealed or under revelation from the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Multiple hearing. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You need to hear this message again and again and again and again. Because you need the information. It needs to become revelation. Does anybody hear that? That's how faith comes. Then it goes on to say this. Listen to what it says here. Hebrews 11 explains it this way. It says, now faith, that means faith that is now. Not yesterday or tomorrow, but now. We live in now faith. It's how I am now. It's what I believe now. It's where I'm standing now. Because if you're still living back there, it's old faith. You need now faith. Somebody say, I need faith right now. And it says it this way. Now faith is the substance. Faith, we went back, if we go back to Romans 10, 17, faith is hearing and hearing. Comes by hearing and hearing. Information that becomes revelation of the Word of God. We could say it this way. Now faith, by hearing the Word of God, by by now by hearing the word of God, now by receiving, and now by the revelation of the word of God. Do you hear it? Can you see it? Now by the revelation of the word of God. Now by the hearing and the revelation of the word of God. That now faith. Right now, my hearing and revelation of the word of God. Right now, my hearing and revelation of the word of God. Are you with me? Is the substance... It is the substance. What is the substance? Listen to this. This is, a, this is an interpretation. Another, again, I love commentaries, but listen to this. It is the basic thing hoped for. It is the real part of that thing. It is the assurance of it. It's the solidity of it. It is grounded certainly in it. It is the title deed of it. It is the assumption of what you're expecting. It is the confidence of the realization of one's hope. Now the word of God I heard and was revealed to me is the thing. Right, you're not getting it yet. I didn't have a house. I understood what the blessings of the Lord coming over me meant when I walked in the house. I, I, there was a swimming pool company down the road. And they had swimming pools down on the road, like a sunbelt pools or something that was down the road. Normally it would cost 20 Something like that, $20,000 to put in a pool. The Lord said, go down there and see if they got one laying on the ground. I went down to the swimming pool company. I said, I want to buy a pool from your yard. I said, we don't sell from the yard. I said, I'm going to buy from your yard. The Lord told me I was going to buy from his yard. He said, well, we got a a couple pools back there that didn't sell. Let's go look at them. So I walk out there. I put my whole pool in, all my concrete, everything. All of my, all of my seating, the pump, all of it, for under nine thousand dollars. Now that might not seem like much to you, but one of the best things I ever bought was that pool for my kids. Trust me, at least two months out of the year they swim in it. <laughs> I don't think I've been in it but twice this whole year, and now it's too cold. Amen. How how did that happen? I want you to know something. My trust will forever be and always has been in the Lord. I can't trust men. I can't trust people, but I can trust God. I can't trust banks. I can't, but I can trust the Lord. 
I can't trust the government. I trust the Lord. I'm a citizen. Glory, hallelujah. hallelujah. All I can do is influence here when it comes to citizenship. We are influencers. God called us to be ambassadors of the word. So we are to promote the word, vote towards the word, lean toward the word, think toward the word, and act like we're voting as a citizen of heaven. If it can't be in heaven, we shouldn't want it on earth. As it is in heaven, isn't that what the Lord's Prayer says? As it is in heaven, then my thinking, my actions, my, my, my uh, interpretation has to be in line with where I'm actually a citizen. Oh, that was good preaching right there. You, you can't get mad at that. Don't get mad at that. Do what you want to. I can't tell you what to do. would never tell you what to do. Don't know nothing. I just know what the Bible says. What, what I want in heaven, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. As it is in heaven, the heaven is dominated by his word. I, okay. Why was the earth perfect? Because it was in line with his word. It became out of line with his word and became full of sin because of what man did, not what God did. My effort to fight is not with man, but against... Hallelujah, thine the glory. Nobody gets turned off. I've preached this way. We ought to live by the word, walk by the word, talk the word. Because... Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. There's a hope out there. Hope is the target. If I had a target back there and I was shooting an arrow, that's my hope. I have hope, hoped for. And it is the evidence of things that I can't see. That word evidence there means proof. The reality of it. It's the being that we cannot see. It's the proof that we do not see. A conviction regarding things that are not yet visible. I don't have to see it to believe it. What things you believe when you pray for, or what things you pray for when you believe, you receive it. Now that's the word. That's not Steve McCart. That's the word. I'm not going to preach anything that's not the word. I'm going to preach straight out of the Bible, and if that's a problem, then you have a problem with the word. This is the truth. And so what I'm saying to you is, according to this scripture, that there's exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. I could keep going and keep interpreting this for you. But I want you to hook your mouth up with your heart. And I want you to hook your heart up with his word. And when you have information that today you can go home and let God make it revelation. And you begin to speak out from your heart that revelation. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of what we can't see.